So I actually stress my team a lot during this period of time. Sometimes you know, we'll get angry and I get them to work over time. It's only on high side that I come to realize that times like this, sometimes we forgot the balance between task and people. But for me, the lucky thing is because I have been with a team for a while, they can understand the need. They just accept it and just move on. But we will not be as lucky all the time. Welcome to Agile Leaders Conversations, where executives, business leaders, and experts from all sectors come together and share leadership insights around leading in today's workplaces. They will be sharing some tips on how they use an Agile mindset to make sense of the complexity and lead with authenticity and ease. Hi everyone, my name is Chuan Chuan and I'm an author, executive coach for the Fortune 500, a speaker and a facilitator. I specialize in agile leadership, helping organizations and leaders achieve success by first growing the agile mindset so that they can be more responsive to consumer and employee needs. I'm so happy to have you listening in to this episode of Agile Leaders Conversations. And today, my guest is Mr. Chan Enmeng, an HR veteran leader. Enmeng has been in the HR scene for over 20 years and has a wide range of experience leading HR functions in the semiconductor industry, financial services, and also construction. And prior to that, Enmeng served in the Singapore Armed Forces for six years. I'll invite Erming to share a little about himself. So happy to be here. In fact, it is a rare opportunity that I got interviewed. I think what made it happen is I bought the book from Chen Chen and I read it and it was an amazing book. So I think today we're going to talk a little bit about my experience about reading and using the book. That's great. So good to have you. I know it's a busy day for you and thanks so much for taking time, squeeze out a little bit of time to have this conversation. My pleasure. So let's jump right into it. You have read my book, The Eight Paradoxes of Leadership Agility. Could you share your general thoughts about it, please? First, the uh, look and feel of the book is fantastic. When I first get hold of the book, the design is so clean and the paper quality is just fantastic. Now I got a better perspective of the book. And indeed, the book just got this idea out very well. We're always moving up and down. Uh, but I think the concept and the framework in this book will actually help us realize that we're going down at certain times and how we can move up again. So my general view about the book is very readable. It's a very structured, highly readable book. It's about three parts. One is regarding the foundation of what is agility. And then we go into the eight paradoxes. And I absolutely love the way that it's being structured, starting with stories, stories that we can really resonate. <clears throat> and then you introduce an easy way of how you can use your reform coaching concept. And then you end off by the third portion where there are templates for us to apply and reflect. So I don't know whether is it uh, because of your engineering background that it becomes so structured, but it's fun to read. Definitely met some partners along the way that gave feedback. So I think even in the designing of the book, it's an agile process as well. You try something, I thought it's a fabulous idea. I try it, I get some feedback and then people tell you, oh, actually I don't have such a pleasant experience because it's structured this way. Why don't you try the other way? So I think being able to take in suggestions, ask the right questions, also identifying key partners to make this happen. And hearing from you, I think everything that you have described down from the cover page, the way the cover is so clean and to the point is part of the whole branding process. So good to hear from 
somebody else, you know, that there's this design intentions that goes behind it and that you as a reader can really see it. And you talked about paradoxes that you like. So was there a particular one that resonated strongly with you? Oh, yes. There's one is the task versus people. Yeah, we're all very task-oriented, but we also got people that we need to take care of. So a lot of time, I think we're straddled always in between this. And sometimes we heal ourselves towards one. It happens to me a lot of time where we are very task-focused, generally. Lately, there is this thing that really happens to me where it is pandemic. And in the construction industry where I'm in now, it is a very tough time at this moment. So our workers, we have a lot of blue-collar workers and they are from India and Bangladesh. And they just wanted to go back. Because life here is just living in the dormitories, locked in, you can't go anywhere. You just want to go back. So I've been trying to persuade them that you have to stay. So it is actually a pretty stressful time. And then I also stress my team, my HR team. We've got to talk to them, make sure that they stay because we have to carry out our work. Especially now, we cannot get foreign workers into Singapore in this moment. So whoever stays is actually a very precious resource for us. So I actually stress my team a lot during this period of time. Sometimes you know, we'll get angry and I get them to work over time. It's only on high side that I come to realize that times like this, sometimes we forgot um, the balance between task and people. But for me, the lucky thing is that because I have been with a team for a while, so they can understand the need. And they just accept it and just move on. But we will not be as lucky at the time. So this is something that really resonated with me. So there were times where you realized that maybe I'm going over to the task side because I'm so concerned that all this work that has to go on and then sometimes maybe in the interaction, you push a little bit harder than you would like on hindsight. That's right. Yeah. In fact, all the eight paradoxes, they are also real. Another one that maybe I want to share and talk about, which also resonates with me very well, it is about executing and inspiring. Mm. Because a lot of time we all go on the execution mode. We'll always talk about what to do and how to do things. And we forget about why are we doing things and the meaning of what are we doing. So I thought this resonated with me very well. Especially the character that you use in the story, soft-spoken Prakash. I thought it was a very nice little story where this engineer is pushed and get his work done and cannot understand why his people just couldn't see what he saw. So getting frustrated, we sometimes will fall into situations like this as well. And when we tell people to do work, I think a lot of time is it happens where people will just take punch card where they will not put their heart and soul into it. So Whatever you get out of it is probably an ordinary standard kind of job. But if we can let people know and tell people, why are we doing this? What's the meaning behind what doing it? Probably we'll be able to notch up the performance much better. Yeah, yeah I think all very good points. I want to highlight them for the listeners. I think the first issue that Ming mentioned, that's a very tough issue because work has to go on and with the ongoing pandemic, there are certain job functions where resource is an issue. And there's no perfect answer. There's no quick solution to all that. And what you're saying when you talk about tasks versus people is really about the approach. How can you use your approach and influence such that it's easier for people because these are really tough times. 
That's the first learning I take away from you. For me, it's the first time up close and personal that I hear opinions from the ground. Whatever I know about this industry is more from the paper. So I really value your very authentic sharing. And the second one, when you talk about executing versus inspiring, one question is, if you feel that, how come I'm the only one who can see the future, the light at the end of the tunnel, and how come everybody's not seeing what I'm seeing? Then it's about bringing people on the same page. And if you want employees and teams to perform above average, then inspiring is probably the way to go because that's the only time you get real good quality work and output from people because they are inspired. So there's this definition of leadership agility in the book. From your lens now, what does leadership agility mean to you? Leadership agility, it is about being fast. It's about being adaptable, being responsive. And I believe that in this environment, this is something that we really need to. Everything is now in an instant. We can actually get information just by pressing the phone. We always say that Google is now our best friend. So information comes in an instant. And we've got Millennium that is coming into the workforce and they are exposed already to public response and engagement. I believe this is something that we need to constantly be aware that we have to be agile. But I must say that this mindset will take time and it's not easy to cultivate this mindset because a lot of us are still in a more bureaucratic world where policy rules, anything that is against what we don't really want to do, we'll always say that policy says so. Because that's a very safe way of approaching work. Ultimately, if it's not correct, no, it's not me, it's the policy. But I believe that things have to change. The environment is changing. The competition landscape is changing. The expectations of our employees and the customers are also changing. So I believe that we have to move away from this more traditional way of doing things to adapt to a newer way of approaching our operations and business. So it's not only just being fast, fast and also being aware of Evolving needs of consumers, changing needs of employees. The point you mentioned about millennials is extremely true. I think Gallup uh, released research statistics. In four years, 75% of the workforce will be millennials. In fact, some of my students are already in the workforce and some of them are already taking up leadership positions. So I can really see them rising. At the same time, I think policies still serve a good purpose. But how do we then get the balance? between those two, where things are well thought out, things are structured, there's a process, there's a way things are being done. But at the same time, how do you remain relevant? Sometimes I use this metaphor of the dinosaur, don't become extinct, because if it takes too long to respond, you are not evolving according to the environment, then you can become extinct. So something for all organizations to really self-check and keep a vigilant eye on what is really happening and the sooner they embrace what's really happening, first stage of the reform coaching model, reconstruct the map, see that your consumers are different, your employees are different, they want different things now, you have to move in order to be relevant. I really like this. So what should HR leaders consider as they build back a better HR while the pandemic is still going on? HR at this moment got to play a very pivotal and critical role in engaging our workforce and also getting our leaders to realize that times are changing. 
I think what, one of the problems for leaders, including myself, sometimes we are far away. And that is natural because of the hierarchy that's going up. When you're far away from the front, the ability to feel what is really going on on the ground and the reality, it is <clears throat> always a challenge. So I think for us as a leader and also as HR, not only ourselves, but also need to encourage our people, our leaders, to be able to go to the ground to talk and to engage our peoples and also our customers. So I believe that this is something that we can do as a HR or as a leader. And the other thing is post-pandemic-wise, I think it helps us realize that crisis can come at any time. So this is very important and immediate takeaway for me. I believe that one takeaway for HR or for leaders is we always got to be prepared, which is called business continuity plan. So previously, we always take it for granted and succession as well, because the virus or some illness can just hit anyone, maybe our senior leader or our key position. Does. So having a good succession in the pipeline is also something that is critical. We are recording in April 2021, so this is the time when I look at my Facebook feed in the morning, I keep seeing what happened one year ago, and you're absolutely right, I think the whole world scrambled, no one was ready, and this experience also made me realize how resilient the human spirit is, that we can all emerge from this crisis stronger, and that businesses learn as well. How do I ensure a healthy pipeline of leaders? How do I make sure business can continue be it in face-to-face, -face, hybrid working for some industries or even fully remote working for all? Yeah, and, and something that you said reminded me of my interviews with one of my other guests. He used this term, watermelon reports, which I thought was quite apt. Watermelon report means it's green on the outside, but when you go and check inside, it's all red, meaning all the alarm bells. And he also urged leaders, <laughs> don't sit in the office to read reports. Go down to the mm -hmm. ground. Talk to the customers, talk to the employees, talk to your industry partners, because that is where you get a good sense of the reality. And again, that's the first step of V4 coaching model to reconstruct the map. It's so important. Only when we know what reality is, then we can respond accordingly. Yeah, that's very good. Great. So I'm sure now listeners, viewers right now, you would be interested to learn more about Enming. So I'll include his social links in the show notes. Feel free to reach out to him. And I encourage all of you to grab a copy of Eight Paradoxes of Leadership Agility from my website. Really a good conversation with you and I learned something. So thank you, Enming, for being here today. My pleasure. I really love the book and I am so thankful that you have written something like this, which is very helpful and you actually make the concept so easy to understand so great i hope that more people will read the book and be able to get value thank you so much thank you